Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. One of the easiest and nicest things you could do today is to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Envis Fury. My sister told me to write a list. My sister is a very controlling, nitpicking person. Since I live with my family at the moment, we write up weekly lists for the store like you do. But she always tells me I have to be the one to start it. After a few months of this being my sole duty out of four people, or else she puts off shopping till we're out of everything, I grabbed a piece of paper, wrote a list, and handed it to her. She screamed, what is wrong with you? Leave me alone. A very simple malicious compliance joke with a very brief payoff, but... It was relaxing to make a joke out of something that really bothers me. P.S. Yes, my sister handles the finances by choice. My brother and I offer to help her every time, but she refuses to let us. I have no idea why. We've done finances before as a group and it worked wonders. Now, I think she just likes to be able to tell us what to do. For reference, she's over 30 years old and still acts like this. I think the one thing I'm confused by is the dynamic going on here. OP said they're 25 and their sister's over 30 years old and she handles the finances and then the brother's also a part of this. I would just be suspicious of if there's like a family money thing. The reason somebody would be in their 30s and be so restrictive over the spending, specifically them, and not letting anybody else be a part of it is probably because they're using a few extra dollars here and there for something for them and not for the family and probably not mentioning it. Would you agree that they're probably spending money without telling anybody about it? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by IBS Means No Pizza. You asked for a secure fence? We gave you a secure fence. Our neighbors can be funny buggers. Nice one minute, moody the next. There was a rickety old fence between our properties which I owned. We'd patch it up a few times, but didn't really have the money to totally replace 80 feet of bespoke-sized fences and posts at that time. The neighbors have complained a few times about our fence. They have 10 dogs and have spent a lot of money landscaping their garden. They demanded we replace the fence because they need a secure boundary for the dogs, but made it very clear they were not contributing to the costs. It's not unreasonable, but the way they demanded rubbed me up the wrong way. Generally in the UK, there are no HOA rules on old builds, so I can replace the wooden fence with anything we like, as long as it's on our land and is no more than 2 meters high. So last month, we got a quote and arranged for a firm to replace the fencing. I informed the neighbors and picked a day they would be at work so not to ruin the surprise. When they got home, they found the wooden fence and wooden posts had been replaced with 6-foot concrete posts and a wall of concrete panels. Now they look out their kitchen onto what resembles the Berlin Wall. I also made sure the smooth face of the concrete panels are facing towards us. We have bushes along our side so we wouldn't see it anyway, but their side is right next to their patio area. 
They haven't approached us about it yet, but my husband told me he could see the wife in her garden from his office window, and she had a face like thunder. Edited for clarification, we got the materials cheap because Hubby got a very competitive staff discount as part of contract for his new job. We couldn't afford to replace the fence until now. The neighbors have been nagging for years, but we've just been patching up the holes. So we finally decided to get it done after one of her dogs got on my garden and wife ranted at me about it. Concrete fence was cheaper than bespoke fence sizes, but more expensive and less destructive on the gardens than standard fencing as it would require repositioning the posts and having more holes dug for more posts. All I really have to say is this was probably very expensive, but probably very satisfying. It's kind of funny though that the family with 10 dogs are the ones complaining about somebody else's fence. Maybe they should go and get their own fence on their property. The biggest slap to the face for them would be tearing down your fence and just leaving it down for a while. Make it a real issue for them and make them realize they're the ones that need that boundary. But I wouldn't be able to stand to do that because I adore dogs and I don't want them to run off. Our next story is by Taekwente. We both have a right to possess the whole. Don't mind if I do. My roommate and I are both law students. Thanks to residual COVID implications, some of our classes are in person, some are on Zoom. We both have desks in our room, and initially there were no issues. Then my roommate decided she wanted to start doing her homework at the dining room table at night. So I watched TV in my room to accommodate that. All of a sudden, she decided she can no longer do her Zoom classes in her room and must do them without headphones at full volume at the dining room table as well. I asked her if she would put in headphones at least since her classes are distracting and I have my own classes and homework to focus on. She told me if it bothers me so much, I should put headphones on even though I'm in my room with the door shut. I said that if she doesn't wear headphones, she should do her classes from her room like we originally agreed when we moved in. She quoted basic property law at me and stated that we both have the right to possess the whole as co-tenants. She's 100% right, so let's cue some malicious compliance. Oh, you're in class? I'm sorry, I'm starving. I just have to make lunch right now and bang all these pans around. Oh, I'm too loud? I'm sorry, I just don't want these dirty dishes piling up. Oh, you don't want me vacuuming the living room while you're doing your homework at the table because it's too distracting? Well, we both have the right to possess the whole, babe. Put in headphones if it bothers you that much. She started doing her classes in her room again. Isn't it sad that they don't realize how unreasonable they're being until you're that unreasonable to them? Just goes to show that they have little to no concept of putting themselves in somebody else's position and understanding where the other side's coming from. This next story is by PDB311. You want me to wear a see-through shirt? Gladly. When I was 15, I started working for a particular clown who owns a fast food restaurant. When I first started working, the manager assumed I was 16 and I was given a red polo shirt to wear during my shifts. There was a hierarchy to the shirts at this restaurant. White was for anyone 15 and younger. You got a red shirt when you were 16 or over. Black shirts were for the crew trainers and the full button-down shirts were for managers. All of the shirts were made of decent fabric except for the white shirt, which was very thin and practically see-through. About a month after I started working there, the manager called me into her office and asked why I lied to her about my age. I told her I had never once said to her that I was only 15, so I never really lied about it. She told me I had to hand in my red shirt and exchange it for a white one, which I did. 
I wore the white one for about a week, and that's when I noticed after the first wash, the fabric became even thinner, and the shirt was practically see-through. As a heavyset individual, if I were not wearing an undershirt, you would have seen all of my hairy, manly glory underneath this sorry excuse for a shirt. I asked since I'd already been wearing a red shirt for a month, and the shirt colors really don't mean much, could I get my old shirt back? I was told that it was company policy to follow the shirt rules, and I was denied my old red shirt. Cue the malicious compliance. There was a rule stating I had to wear my see-through company-issued shirt for all my shifts. There was no rule stating what I had to wear underneath. My dad had recently returned from Mexico and had brought me the most touristy shirt from his trip. There were four panels on the shirt. The first had a worm and a shot that said one tequila. The second, the same worm, second shot, much drunker and said two tequila. The third, the same worm, third shot, very drunk and said three tequila. And as I'm sure you've deduced, the fourth worm is passed out and it says floor. I decided this was the perfect undershirt for a 15-year-old register worker at the clown to wear underneath his see-through shirt. I wore it for one shift before the manager came up to me. She told me how much she didn't appreciate the fact that I wore such a vulgar shirt underneath my work uniform. I politely told her nobody would know what I was wearing underneath my company-issued work shirt if they weren't see-through. When I went to clock out that day, they had a brand new, unused red polo shirt just waiting for me. I was told to wear the red shirt from that point forward and to turn in my white shirts. I definitely don't blame OP for not wanting to wear the surely hand-me-down see-through white t-shirt. But also, there is like a method to the madness, right? It is like for classification purposes. I would imagine, especially like if you have some kind of audit going on by an area manager or something, it's good for them to know who can work on what things, I, th- I suppose. Because I think under 16s probably can't work with like slicers or something like that. Now, I don't know if that mattered at all at this clown place, but there is some kind of method to the madness, as much as they hate it or like it. Our next story is by Texas Tiger 70 Delicious compliance, not a typo. I was an eager to please kid working my first real job as a busboy in a steakhouse. I would help out anyone anytime to prove I could do other things. Dishwasher out? No problem. We did large steaks. The smallest steak was the one pound filet mignon. They're no longer in business, but they were called UR Cooks. It was a guy's place where you picked your steak and cooked it on an open grill in the middle of the dining room. No disrespect, but we were all but closed on Mother's Day. I would be scheduled as a busboy and end up doing any job that was needed. I would often change the blades in the meat saw, band saw, so the meat cutter could just start on the next cut. T-bones use different blades than sirloin. The meat cutter liked me and one slow night had me cut the sirloins. He joked with the managers that they needed to give me a raise as I was getting as good as him. I would get scheduled, as a busboy, remember this, to come in hours early to help with prep. I was paid as a busboy. This went on for months. I didn't mind the pay difference as I would get tipped out by the servers and would often help customers cook their steaks and get tips then too. As a kid, it didn't dawn on me that I was losing money. Now this is where the fun starts. When you get a large, uncut sirloin butt, you'll never cut it exactly. The shape prevents that. So the end pieces from any cut was packaged up and sold to the employees for 25 cents a pound. Typically there would be a half pound of waste per group cut. So for a sirloin butt, half a pound. We would cut 10 a day. 
older employees got first chance in buying the excess. The day before Father's Day, there was a huge fight and the meat cutter was told to take a few days off and decide if he really wanted to work there. He was then taken off the schedule. I was on the schedule as the busboy and was scheduled to come in early as usual. I'd only been helping and had never run the area on my own. About an hour into it, the manager noticed I was too slow and that we would never be ready to open, so she had me help her. She took over cutting the steaks and I just prepped the trays, changed the blades, the normal. Now, I only did what I was told and when I suggested changing the blades, she told me, there's no time and kept cutting. Using the wrong blade on the sirloin tears it instead of cuts it. She would tear off a chunk and toss it to me. I tried several times to stop her but she wasn't listening to me and told me that if I didn't quit trying to slow her down, she would send me home. So I didn't try to stop her anymore. She cut 15 sirloin butts and was proud of how she had less waste than normal. I had everything as prepped as I could and she turned and saw the mess. There was not a single steak that we could put out. All of it had to go to waste. The next day, I was told I was fired for ruining all the steaks. There were all four managers as well as the owner. The owner told me I would never be a meat cutter anywhere with as bad as I had done. He then asked me what I had to say for myself. I turned around and pulled the work schedule off the wall and handed it to him while asking him to check the records for my employment. I then asked him, if there's no meat cutter assigned, who is to do the cutting? And why would he believe anyone would put the lowly busboy in charge of cutting thousands of dollars worth of steak? It took about 5 minutes for him to get the whole story out of the manager. She got fired, I got promoted to assistant meat cutter, and as a bonus, I was given 100 pounds of deformed sirloin to take home. 16 year old me put on a heck of a barbecue party at the apartments. I mean, you gotta love when a manager or a boss puts themselves on a sinking ship and just starts punching more holes into the boat. And then you try to save them and they go, no, 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 let me drown myself. And then of course at the meeting with all the other managers around, they say, you're the one that was sitting on the deck going la 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 la, punching holes in the boat and not the one that was standing there with the life preserver the entire time. Our final story of the day is by Omelette Dreamer 90 Boss wouldn't change my shifts for uni. I had to get creative. This was a few years ago. I was 22, working part-time in a call center and going to uni. I was also supporting myself because my parents were in a different country. In my second year, I had a weekly tutorial that clashed with one of my shifts. I emailed my boss a bunch of times before the semester started, letting her know I needed this shift changed. And she'd always say she'd look into it, but never did anything. So the term starts, and I have to miss the first few weeks because she still hasn't done anything. One day, I call in sick for that shift. Genuinely sick, but feeling well enough by the end of the day. And I'm finally able to go to class. The lecturer is mad, though. To be fair, I could have probably emailed and let them know the situation. But I was young at the time and didn't realize this was an option. She tells me I'm going to fail the unit if I miss any more classes. I go to my boss and tell her this and she says, Sorry, we're too busy on that shift right now to lose anyone. Doesn't even care that I might fail my class because of her. So I've got four weeks left and I'm forced to get creative. I manage to find someone to cover the first two weeks, but for the second two, I call in sick. I have to get a doctor's certificate both times, so I go in different medical centers each time, and pretend I have a bug and they sign the certificate without asking too many questions. 
After the second week, she got onto what I was doing and basically said they were onto me as they'd noticed a pattern with my absences. I acted innocent and said I'd been sick. I knew she was bluffing and they couldn't do anything if I had a doctor's certificate. It was the last week of term though, so I'd basically gotten away with it. Long story short, I passed the class and graduated and now I've got a pretty decent career in my field. As far as I'm aware, she's still at the call center. You know, I'm starting to realize I don't think I've really heard anybody look fondly back at their times at a call center. I've heard plenty of times though where somebody said, I worked at a call center and it was the worst job of my life, for one reason or another. Whether it's the people you have to deal with on the phone or the managers in charge, I don't know. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.